Please open your Bibles to the Gospel of John. We're continuing our study, our feast in the Gospel of John, chapter 3. And we are going to be camping this morning in verses 22 to 36. Hear then the word of God. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and he remained there with them and was baptizing. John also was baptizing at Enon near Salim, because water was plentiful there, and people were coming and being baptized, for John had not yet been put in prison. Now, a discussion arose between some of the John's some of John's disciples and a Jew of their purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you across the Jordan, to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing, and all are going to him. John answered, A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. You yourself bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom, the friend of the bridegroom, bridegroom who stands and hears him, rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete." He must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bear witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we ask now for your blessing and the illumination of your spirit as we turn to this passage from the Gospel of John, we pray, Lord, that we might contemplate Jesus as the only one Son of God, sent from for our forgiveness and eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. There is no greater spiritual giant in the Bible apart from Jesus than John the Baptist. John himself 
testified to Jesus, I'm sorry, Jesus himself testified to this when he, tell, he told his disciples, among those born of women, there was a reason, a reason no one greater than John the Baptist. And in no other passage in the scriptures shines more the greatness of John the Baptist than when he is upstage by Jesus. Upstaging is a word used in theaters. When the main actor enters the stage, the other actors turn their back to the audience, forcing them to look at the main actor only. And this is what John the Baptist does when he tells his disciples, he must increase, but I must decrease. But many biblical commentators have made, have, have made John the Baptist the center of this passage. I, ha I found titles like, How to be a useful Christian like John the Baptist. Or, Three steps to be like John the Baptist. Or another one, How to be a faithful servant pointing to Jesus like John the Baptist. And do not think that I am criticizing or trying to think less of what some commentators of the Bible have said about this passage. What I am trying to point out here is that John the Baptist was not only trying to tell us to imitate his example of humility, but he was also showing us the high view of Jesus we must have. And this is the point of this passage. How John the Baptist saw Jesus and therefore how he lived based on what he knew about Jesus. Notice what it says at the end of verse 29. These Joy of mine is now complete. I know who Jesus is, and I know who I am. Therefore, it is only logical that I must turn my back to the audience for Jesus to be seen, to be admired, and to be followed. That was the main goal of John the Baptist. In this passage, John, the writer of this gospel, tells us that after the conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus, Jesus moved out to the country area of Judea. And that's what we read in verses 22 and 26. If you go with me again to chapter 3, verses 22 to 20 to 26, and says this, after this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and he remained there with them and was baptizing. John also was baptizing at Enon near Salim because water was plentiful there. And people were coming and, and being baptized, for John had not yet been put in prison. Now, 
a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you across the Jordan to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing and all are going to him. Now, chapter 4 of the Gospel of John, if you read in verse 2, there is a clarification. Chapter 4, verse 2, clarified that Jesus' disciples baptized, not Jesus himself. But here, the point is that John and his disciples were also baptizing in another place. And so people began to go to Jesus instead of John the Baptist. And John's popularity was declining. So this decline gave the religious people an excellent opportunity to attack John the Baptist concerning the purification of men and concerning the credentials of John to baptize and to preach, the, and to preach and to call people to repentance. If the baptism of John were really meeting the needs of the people, they would continue to come to him for cleansing and repentance. But instead, it says that people were deserting him to follow Jesus. So, the religious were telling John's disciple, John must be a false prophet. This dilemma was crucial for the disciples of John the Baptist because it made them question two things. Can the baptism of water clean the human heart? And to whom should people turn for cleansing and repentance? To John or to Jesus? And friends, this dilemma is crucial for us as well. Because first, we know that every person seeks to clean their heart somehow. And every person desires to eliminate the sense of guilt, the sense of wrong, and the sense of failure. We seek cleansing everywhere. You notice that people seek for cleansing in religion, attending sometimes to church, giving to charity, doing good deeds, or following someone they admire. And second, this dilemma is crucial for all of us because every person gives allegiance to something or to someone. And that's what Matthew 6.24 says that no one can serve two masters or he will hate one and love the other but none love the, 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 the two of them at the same time. Man always has an allegiance with someone. And there then comes the beauty of this passage this morning. 
to those asking how man's heart can be clean and to those interested in knowing to whom they should follow, John gives them four answers. And he's given us four answers to all of us this morning. And I want to go through these four answers very quickly. The first answer comes from John chapter 3, verses 27 to 28. And it says, John answer. A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. First John the Baptist tells us here that if a man wants a clean heart and a forgiveness of sin, man should look at Jesus because Jesus alone is the Savior. Jesus alone is the Messiah. Jesus alone is the Christ. This is a strong declaration of John. I am not your Savior. The people of Israel have been waiting for a long period of time for a Savior. And they were asking John, you are our Savior. And John told them many times, I am not your Savior. So why are you coming to me? I know who I am. And I am not the Christ. I have a specific ministry to be the forerunner of the Messiah, but I am not the Savior of the world. I am not the one who takes away the sin of the world. I am not the one who takes away guilty. Guilt. I'm sorry. Jesus is the one who came from heaven. I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. So he was talking about Jesus. The second part of John's answer tells us that if man, if a man wants a clean heart and the forgiveness of man, of sin, man should look at Jesus because Jesus alone is the bridegroom. Look at what says in verses 29 to 31. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease he who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. That's a me. That's what John Baptist was saying. He who comes from heaven is above all. So there is no confusion, dear friends. I am from the earth, but he is not from the earth. He is coming from heaven. The bridegroom is the one who has the bride. The friend of the bridegroom is important because he introduces the bride to the bridegroom. But in the end, he is not the bridegroom. 
Can you see what a beautiful view John had of Jesus? I am his friend. That is my joy. I am friend, I am a friend of whom of the one who came from heaven. I am his friend, but at the end of the day, I am not getting married. At the end of the day, the one who is going to the honeymoon is not me. It's Jesus. My joy is that I am a friend of the bridegroom. My joy is that the match is done. The bridegroom is here. And the bride is ready. The one who came from heaven, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, is here. My joy, says John, is knowing the forgiveness of sin is possible and attainable because Jesus is here. The Savior of the world is here. But the third part of the answer, John's answer tells us that if man wants a clean heart and forgiveness of sin, man should look at Jesus because Jesus alone is God's spokesman and he alone had the spirit without limit. Notice what it says in verses 32 to 34. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, talking about Jesus. Yet, no one received his testimony. That's why you are here asking me. I'm the wrong person. You should go and follow Jesus. In verse 33, whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. Verse 34, for he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. John the Baptist's view of Jesus is this. Jesus was sent from God, and therefore he spoke the word of God, and everything he said is the word of God. And how do we know that he is the one sent by God? Because Jesus has received the fullness of God's spirit, and he received the fullness of God's spirit because Jesus is God. Do you remember when, the, when, the, when Jesus was baptized, the, 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 the heavens were open and the Holy Spirit descended over Jesus and stayed with Jesus. And a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son. And what is the next part? Listen, he will speak my words. He is the one. He have received the fullness of my spirit. The spirit of the Lord, Isaiah 61, verse 1, the spirit of the Lord is over me. 
And therefore, I am proclaiming, I'm telling freedom to all of those who are in darkness. Don't you see how the world matches together? Everything, says John the Baptist, is pointing to Jesus. The, the whole gospel of John is full of this, of this truth. In verse six, chap, in chapter 6, verse 38, verse 38 says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And then in John chapter 7, verse 29, I know him, for I come from him, and he sent me me John 8:42 in the second part it says I came from God and I am here I came not of my own accord but he sent me how beautiful this view of John the Baptist of Jesus eh then the fourth, part, the fourth part of John's answer tells us that if a man wants a clean heart and forgiveness of sin, man should look at Jesus because Jesus alone determines man's destiny. Notice what it says in the last verses for our scripture this morning, verse 35 and 36. The Father loves the Son. And has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God remains on him. What a tender statement this is. The Father loves the the Son. The love of the Father for Jesus goes beyond anything we could ever understand to the point that it says that the Father has given all things into His hands. All power belongs to Jesus. All authority belongs to Jesus. All rule and reign belong to Jesus. All supremacy belongs to Jesus. All dominion, power, honor, and glory belong to Jesus. All praise, service, in wor and worship belong to Jesus. There is nothing existing that has not been given to the Son, Jesus. That's why John the Baptist was so happy to be the bridegroom's friend. Do not come to me, said John. Do not think I will be jealous, jealous, jealous of Jesus. I know who Jesus is. He is the beloved, beloved son of God. I am not a match for his glory. I am not a match for his splendor. I am not a match for his dignity, his power, and authority. 
That's John's view of Jesus. So you think after all these things that we have seen, he was going to be um, sad because everybody was leaving him. No. This is my joy. I can even see John the Baptist telling them, go, follow him. Stay here, don't waste your time. Look at Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Follow him because everything is in his hand. And that's the same thing that John the Baptist is telling us to all of us this morning. Your life is in Jesus' hands. Your family, your children, your circumstances, your suffering, your possessions, your past, your present, your future. Every hair of your head, however many hairs you still have left, everything, everything is in God's, in Jesus' hands. God will receive and honor those who receive and honor His Son. It does not matter my dear friends, who the person is or what the person has done. If the person believes in God's only Son, God gives everlasting life. But if the person does not believe in the Son, that person will perish eternally and the wrath of God remains on him. These are hard words to hear, but only when we understand the immense love that God the Father has for his only son can we understand God's displeasure for those who reject his son. God loves his son and he gave it to be the payment on the cross for all our failures for all our our sins if we believe it there is eternal life and if we don't believe it we are going to stay under, under wrath, under God's wrath and condemnation. In the end, my dear brothers and sisters, can water clean humans' condition of sin and guilt? No. Can a person or thing give us eternal Salvation, eternal security, eternal life? No. Christianity is about Jesus, period. The 
that's what John the Baptist is saying. It is not about who John the Baptist is. It's about who you believe in and follows for your eternal security. And the only one with the credentials for your forgiveness and eternal security is Jesus. J.C. Ryle said, the truth before us is one of the most glorious privileges of the gospel. There are no works to be done, no conditions to be fulfilled, no price to be paid, no weary, no wearing year, wearing years of probation to be passed before a sinner can be accepted with God. Let him only believe in Christ and he is at once forgiven. Like what John the Baptist is telling us this morning. In Jesus, we have a Savior. In Jesus, our joy is complete because forgiveness and eternal life belong to Him and He, He gives it freely to those who believe. In Jesus, we have the assurance that through the one who came from heaven, we also have access to heaven. John the Baptist is the greatest of all born of a woman because he saw Jesus as the Son of God and not as a simple man like him. And he rejoiced in that. What is your joy, my dear friends? What is your joy? And if you don't have this joy, today there is this big opportunity that John the Baptist is giving us this morning. Go to Jesus. In him, you will find everything you need. And you will say, like John the Baptist, then, this is my joy. Looking at him. Worshipping him. Following him. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for this beautiful, beautiful passage that points to you, Jesus. Help us, Lord, to those who believe that we will still see you every day as the most precious thing in this earth. And I pray, Lord, for those who are still struggling, asking who is he? 
why I should believe in him. I pray that you will open his eyes or her eyes to see you as John the Baptist saw you and to live according to what, to what he saw. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.